Welcome everybody to the Crosspoint Sermon Podcast. You can come to church and God's going to give you a word. And God is going to give you truth and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. But, but listen to me, you've got to take it with you. And it's not a matter of just punching the, I went to church and I got a word. It's saying, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to walk with you throughout my day, in my life, not just on a Sunday morning, kind of getting that shot in the arm, right? It's relationship. And we have to be careful to realize there are times in our life, if we're honest, we're just kind of doing church. Today's Sunday podcast, I will be making the presentation just preaching on Isaiah chapter 58, verses 6 through 12. It's a portion of scripture where God corrects his people, which isn't, <laughs> he's always doing that, isn't he? Uh, really correcting them, trying to move them out of a religious expectation into a relationship expectation, specifically about the process of restoration be blessed. I know God is the God of restoration. I am Pastor Tim Johnson, and I'm the Freedom Pastor, and just excited to be uh, able to just share my heart with you and what God's given me. Um, also, by the way, the well is coming coming up, ladies, this Wednesday night at seven o'clock. So, women, yep, a clap would be good. Um, come on down here uh, and get some incredibly deep, awesome, encouraging words. So that's for you, ladies. Uh, it's amazing. All right, we're in the midst of a series, uh, the four R's of the church. Can we say them together, right? Reach, rescue, restore, and release. All right, one more time. Reach, rescue, restore, and release. Awesome. We are on the uh, restoration part of that. And uh, I want to share a couple images with you. Uh, my wife and I, how many of you love to watch restoration shows? Anybody in the house like to watch restoration shows? Yeah, they're awesome. They're pretty cool how, how people can take something that is old and dented and rusted and tarnished and they can apply their skills and they can just make it become something beautiful. Um, yeah, you can go ahead and put those up if you can. If not, that's okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I love this. This is called The Repair Shop. It's a BBC show. If you've ever watched it, it's really pretty neat because uh, they will take, they have all of these artists and craftsmen uh, that have skill sets that are sort of fading away in the world. And so, anyways, uh, he, they, they, uh, they restore stuff. There's a few more slides. You can just click through those. Um, how many of you enjoy um, uh, car restoration? Anybody out there? I know we got some restorers, yeah, in the house I've talked to. So you take that old junk car that's sitting out in the, you know, in the field and it's just rusted out and there's hardly anything there. And, and if, if you have this, uh, you have this amazing ability to begin to put it back together and restore it and make it sparkle and shine and look brand new and usable. And it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty amazing thing. There's a couple more. Do we go through them all? I don't know. Uh, there it is. There's a car. I'd, I'd take that. Anybody? Um, uh, so as I thought about this idea of restore, God does that, doesn't he? You ever feel like you're kind of the rusted out car <laughs> sitting in the, in the field? You're like, God, I like some restoration here. I'm feeling a little rusty. Uh, but he is a God that far surpasses and, and, and uh, goes above and beyond to restore us and to transform us. Would you pray with me and let's jump into the word of God together. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to be together and open up your word and receive from you Something that we need that's timely, God, will give us direction for our life. We just worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you agree with the, uh, 
the statement that the devil is diametrically opposed to all things Jesus. Yeah. Right? He, he, he wants to come against whatever plans that Jesus has for your life. And so I thought we could look at uh, a scripture that is very core to the heartbeat of our church, and that is Luke chapter four. In fact, if we had a theme verse, that would be our theme verse. Uh, and it is, the spirit of the Lord is on me, Jesus says, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim, would you say freedom? Freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Church, Jesus' mission is restoration. It is, it is wholeness, it is freedom, it is healing, it is chains broken. The very reason that he came was to encounter our life and to extend to us an opportunity to be restored to our creator. And as we move through scripture this morning, I wanna challenge you to really get a hold of the fact that God is a God of restoration. So what's the devil all about? Well, he wants to proclaim your bondage. He wants to pull you back into those old places of depression, right? He wants to blind your eyes. He wants to trap you in oppression and depression so you remain hopeless, to believe that nothing will ever change, to believe that your source of happiness is maybe something that the world has to offer. Uh, I love a simple dictionary definition of a word. So our word is restore. What does the dictionary have to say? How does it define restore? It's, it's almost biblical. In fact, it, it kind of is, and this is it. To restore is to reestablish or bring back into existence. To bring back to a previous condition or state. To give or bring back that which has been lost or taken to bring back to the owner. Isn't that just beautiful? I mean, I, you know, we could preach on that all day long. God wants to reestablish who you are from the stuff you've been through. He wants to restore you. He wants to bring you back to a condition that he originally desired for you. God wants to redeem you. God is the God of restoration. He is the God of restoration. We know this psalm. Part of it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. That word restore, the root of that word is simply, it means to return me to a previous state. That's the, that's the Hebrew understanding of that word. It's the same definition we have. God wants to take you wherever you're at in your life, whatever you've been through, and he wants to say, you know what? He wants to say to me, Tim, come on. You've been through all of this. I want to restore you, meaning I want to bring you back to me, to your creator, to the one who made you, to the one who has designs for you and is excited about you and has hopes and dreams for you, has a vision for your life. God's like saying, come on, come on back. Let me begin to restore who you are and who I intended for you to be. God is such a good God. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 58. If you brought your Bible um, I brought mine, this is the New American Standard Version, so that's where I'm, I'm chatting from today, and it's a little bit of an old school version, but if you turn to Isaiah chapter 58 in your word, on your phone, however you do that, and uh, we're gonna jump into verses six through 12. And this psalm is really, or excuse me, this, this passage of scripture is really um, an indictment on those who claim to have relationship with God through religion only, and God is, God is sort of reprimanding his people to, and he's saying, guys, listen, 
You've been doing church in a particular way and it's all about your religious experience rather than a relationship. And so he's, he's, kind, of, he's kind of correcting his, his people. Um, so I wanna read to you just a little bit before we get to uh, our portion at the end here. I wanna give you the context. I'm gonna jump up and pull some scriptures from the beginning. So verse two, so you get the, the flavor here. They act like re- righteous, a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want me to hear. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? Interesting line. (laughs) We've been hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I tell you why I respond. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. Verse five says, you humble yourself by going through the motions of penance bowing your heads like reeds and bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what I called you to fast? Do you really think this will please the Lord? In other words, God's saying, what is your motivation? Why are you fasting? What is your motivation for coming to church or going to a small group? Are you living from a place of religious ritual or are you living in relationship? And so God's really, he's not pulling any punches here. going to the heart of an issue. And I wonder if, um, I don't know, maybe you see yourself in Israel. Anybody ever see themselves in, in, the, in God's people in Israel? I, I know that I do for sure. See, Israel's frustrated because circumstances aren't changing. They're frustrated because God isn't acting the way they want him to act. The people of God believe that a, a righteousness of their own should move God to act on their behalf. They believe that the nearness of God depends on them being really good at church. They believe that the nearness of God depended on being really good at doing righteous things and good things. And you know what, I I wanna tell you that you can come to church and God's gonna give you a word and God's gonna give you truth and the Holy Spirit's gonna speak to you but but listen to me, you gotta take it with you And it's not a matter of just punching the, I went to church and I got a word. It's saying, Jesus, I wanna know you. I wanna walk with you throughout my day, in my life, not just on a Sunday morning, kind of getting that shot in the arm, right? It's relationship. And we have to be careful to realize there are times in our life, if we're honest, we're just kind of doing church and expecting God to do what God's gonna do or expecting the nearness of God and we're just kind of going through the motions. My lovely wife shared a really uh, powerful truth with me the other day she came across online and, and uh, she shared it with me and I think it is, it is really correct. It is God's love language is obedience. Isn't that good? God's love language is obedience, why? Because God knows that the moment you are obedient to what he's asking you to do, he's like, okay, Tim's finally got himself out of the way and he's being obedient and I can begin to move in his life. I mean, we gotta get ourselves out of the way, we've gotta get religion out of the way, we've gotta get ritual out of the way and get real with God and say, God, I'm struggling, I need you, I need to hear your voice, I need to know your love. Amen? Well, listen, let's jump into, and we're gonna break down Isaiah 58, verses six through 12, and I know your, your propensity as humans is you wanna read the end of the chapter. Like, we all wanna get to the end, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. We're gonna read the end, and then we're gonna jump back to the beginning, all right? 
So here we go. If you look at verses 11 and 12, and the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places and give strength to your bones. And you will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations and you will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. Now, previous to that, we get a lot of... Um, actions God's directing us to and we end with these amazing promises that God's gonna give you direction, that God's going to satisfy your desires, that God is going to strengthen you, that God is gonna bring an abundance in your life that is just lush and full of life, that once, what was once destroyed is gonna be restored, that we would have refreshment, that we could walk in the, in the paths and the presence of God and there will be peace in our life. So chapter, the chapter 58, 11 through 12 really is about restoration, God's restoring power, and it's a description of the heart of this church. I want you to know behind those four R's, there's a why. We love you. We don't want to see you stuck in some old patterns of living. God wants to rush in and embrace you and love on you, but don't raise your hand because I can read all of those amazing promises, but you might be sitting there going, yeah, I'm not, I'm not walking in a lush garden right now. It's actually, it's pretty dry. You know, I'm not seeing some of that breakthrough. Um, my emotions are not in that kind of a place. In fact, I'm actually just, I'm just hanging on. I, there's hopelessness that sort of skirts around my heart and the edges of my mind. Maybe, your husband's promised to change but doesn't do the work to change. Maybe your wife doesn't understand the simplicity of what you need. A single person, maybe you're single, you're stuck, you just feel like I'm just flailing, I'm just sort of floating, I'm just, I'm not getting anywhere. Man, I need some traction in my life. Maybe it's I'm tired of barely making things work. I'm not living in that place that Isaiah promises that is lush and full of life. Well, here's the good news. God wants to get you there. And we're gonna walk through this together. Understand that there's time involved, right? I mean, you don't take a, a junked out car and have it just on the showroom floor in a week. It takes time. You gotta get out there and get, out, get that rust out. You gotta do work. And the same thing for a garden. Any, uh, any gardeners in the house, it, it's like it takes time and you get it wrong for like two years or three years like me. And, you know, and then eventually you get that garden but I wanna say that there is promise in the process. There is promise in the process, but you gotta say, you know what, today is the day I wanna start the process. So God's word to, to you today as I was in prayer and saying, God, what, what's the crux of what you wanna share with your people? And, and it is this, if you have lost you, God wants to restore you. If you've lost you, God wants to restore you. I believe that God wants to work at a deep level in your life. He always has, he always will. Can God restore broken relationships? Yes, he can. In fact, it's interesting. I, um, there was a time in my life and in, in, in our marriage where I was like, God, I, I, want, I need restoration in my marriage. And, and I desired that so, so much and I would do a lot of things to try and do that and bring restoration and, 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 and we've been restored and we're, isn't, aren't you glad God's still working? Like God's still working in my marriage. It's, it's amazing. Um, but God had to get a hold of me and say, oh no, Tim, I wanna do that, but first, listen to me, first, I wanna restore you. 
I want to work on you. And so this morning as we talk about restoration, would you allow the Holy Spirit to nudge you to a space where you can say, you know what, I really wish this guy would figure it out. I really wish they would do that. I really, you know what I'm saying? And just say, okay, God, work on me. I'm just, I'm here. I wanna listen to what you have just for me. That's what God wants to do is work on you. So if part of you is lost, God wants to restore that. If part of you is discouraged, God wants to encourage. If you've lost purpose, maybe part of your life has just stopped working and you need God's touch. I wanna give you three ideas from this scripture. We're gonna jump up to verse six if you wanna go there. And the three points this morning are break the yoke, look beyond yourself, and cry out to God. Remember, God is correcting his people to say, listen, you're fasting for all the wrong reasons, you're coming to me out of ritual, and he wants to transform that. How does God get us to this place that he promises in verses 11 and 12? So let's go ahead and read verse six. He says, is this not the fast that I chose to release the bonds of wickedness, to undo the ropes of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? The New International Version uses the word injustice. The passage is talking about this burden of injustice. Memories of betrayal and unfairness can hold your heart hostage. The real and natural emotions of injustice, if not surrender to Jesus, can result in a lot of constriction and a lot of bondage. We get stuck in cycles of feeling like, like everything has happened to me, and I get that. Believe me, if you go through Freedom Ministry, we walk through a lot of those things, but if you can identify an injustice done to you and surrender that pain to the cross and say, God, I'm gonna stop trying to figure this out and make this change and make this happen, I just need to surrender that to you. The most powerful cutting tool on the bonds of injustice is the act of forgiveness. Is there somebody you need to forgive? See, God starts out the process of restoration by saying, listen, you've been held captive to some things. There's things that are binding you and holding you down, and I wanna come, and I wanna break those off of your life. I wanna break the yoke, and I wanna set you free. Maybe there's somebody that you've been unjust to and you need to ask for forgiveness. The yoke or bonds of oppression begin to loosen when all the negative emotions of fear and control and unforgiveness and surrender are given to God, or they're surrendered and given to God. So what has been unjustly committed against you that must be surrendered? It's interesting, he uses some words. He says, undo, unwrap, unbind anything that binds you and holds you captive. A yoke was used as a tool, you know this, to harness the power of oxen, to derive them, to perform a particular uh, demand of the owner. A yoke is a, a, a power someone or something has over you to control you and to push you in a direction or another direction that you don't wanna go and maybe even God doesn't want you to go but you've allowed the oppression of that and the constriction of that and it's gotten so embedded in your mind that all you believe is like this is just where life is at and I'm telling you right now it doesn't have to be that way. God can break you out of those things to unwrap and unbind and unloosen the things that are in your mind. Ezekiel foretells a beautiful time when God breaks the yoke of slavery. Let me read to you from Ezekiel chapter 34. Also, the tree of the field will yield its fruit, beautiful, and the earth will yield its increase. How many want increase? Amen. And they will be secure in the land. Security is amazing. They will know that I am the Lord. 
listen to this, when I have broken the bars of their yoke and have delivered them from the hand of those who enslave them. God wants to break any yoke that's holding on to you. What cinched down lies need to be unbuckled, unloosened, and tossed aside. That's what Jesus said, it's what Jesus is all about. He came so that you could be free. He came so that your eyes would be opened. He came so that you can have hope. He came so that oppression or whatever coming, is coming against you is broken through his name, amen. This is the, the message of the gospel. This is the good news. And when Jesus shows up, when you invite him into that space and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm gonna invite you there. It's an invasion. It's a Jesus invasion. It, it brings a heavenly hope. It's not a quiet, demure, gentle coming. When Jesus invades your life, he comes to break the power of darkness and the power of sin and the power of hopelessness. When you say, Jesus, come, he begins to break darkness, amen. Listen, I, I can't imagine, because I haven't done this, anybody broken anybody out of jail lately? I don't, I mean, it, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, it's not a timid undertaking. I'm, I'm sure it's pretty violent. Walls are busted out, chains are broken, right? The breaking of the yoke is the powerful force of a supernatural God that says, look, I want relationship with you and I can break the things that have been holding you down. When Jesus invades fear, oppression, depression, addiction, loneliness, complacency, and all that binds us is shattered, but you gotta surrender it. Isn't that, the, isn't that it? We've gotta surrender it. The moment you surrender in obedience is the moment transformation begins to happen. If I don't surrender, if I control, if I try and figure it out, I mean, don't, I mean like, this is us, <laughs> right? How am I going to be moved closer to God when I'm doing my own thing? Today, Jesus wants to break stuff. He wants to have a breakout in your life. What's hidden in the corners of your mind? What is the shame that happened when you were young that you wish nobody would know about and yet it controls you, it's, it harnesses you, it, it's, it locks you up. God wants to get into that place and we go through that in Freedom Ministry. There's just to break all that stuff off of our life, so powerful. Make a list, write down the stuff. Take that list and say, you know what? In Jesus' name, I'm taking this. I'm gonna give it to you, God. I'm gonna let go of this, God. I'm gonna let you be the, the chain breaker, God. I'm gonna let you lead me in paths that are good. I'm tired. Like literally, I encourage you, if you're, if you're a tactile, write it out person, write down those key words, those lies of the enemy. And if you got a fireplace like we do, which has been wonderful because it's been cold, you know, like throw them in the fire. Burn it up. Restoration begins with the breaking of bondage, control, unforgiveness, and your right to justice. It's like God is, it's like, remember forgiveness is not about letting somebody off your hook. Forgiveness isn't forgetting what happened, or excuse me, forgiveness is letting somebody off your hook and giving them to God and saying, you know what, God, I can't, I can't make those people change. I'm gonna forgive, I'm gonna let go. Number two, verse seven, look at verse seven, look beyond you. This is interesting. So remember, this is the process of restoration God's walking his people through. He says, is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into the house when you see the naked to cover him and not hide your face from your own flesh? 
It's interesting, when you're stuck in your own stuff and your own feels and your own troubles and traumas, something psychologically happens when you begin to look beyond yourself. Sort of the opposite of some of these feelings of depression is gratitude, is gratitude. Isn't it interesting, God's saying, look, I wanna break some things in your life and I wanna get you off you (laughs) and notice the other people around you. There's something incredible that happens when you realize that, that, wow, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not the only one going through stuff and I can actually help somebody else. Martin Luther said, when you're feeling bad and really low at your lowest, lowest, reach down. Because somebody else is lower that you can pick up. It's interesting what John says uh, in verse six of his uh, first book that he wrote, verse 26, John 6, 26. And and we're talking a little bit about some, some ideas of helping and reaching out and loving on people. He says this, Jesus answered, verily, truly, I say to you, You're looking for me, but because you saw the signs I performed, you look for me because you ate ate the loaves and you had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. When we talk about giving to the poor and feeding the hungry, that is something we need to do. But I want to encourage you and suggest to you that God has imparted and given something to you that you can give out to other people that will nourish them and encourage them. And that's part of the restoration process. So in a very real sense, what God is saying is, if you want restoration of you, help others. A lot of times we're stuck in the middle of our struggle and the last thing we think about is others because we're thinking about ourselves and that's understandable because our needs are so great. But I want you to notice the next verse and notice the then. So you do these things, break stuff off your life, help other people, then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery, your healing, your restoration will speedily spring forth. Your light will break out like the dawn after you have broken the things that bind you and given to those who are bound. Are you catching this? Are you catching it? Because listen, God wants you to be fully restored and I understand it's a process, but Isaiah gives us this beautiful picture into the heart of God that says, listen, this is how I want you to live your life. Get away from ritual and get into relationship and hear me. I want stuff in your life broken. I want it surrendered. And not only that, I wanna move through you to bless other people. I wonder if recovery and healing linger unfulfilled because we're bound to look at the cycle of our problems alone. I wonder if a new day is long coming because we're too focused inwardly and rarely sow the seeds of hope into others who have none. The Hebrew word for healing or recovery is interesting. It refers to a long bandage. It's a medical term, as you might imagine. And there's a, they, the, the, they would get a long bandage and they would, they would smooth oil upon it and they would wrap that wound. And, and it's as if God is saying, listen, I wanna come in and I wanna, I wanna be a healer and I want you to expose the stuff in your life and I wanna wrap that around that wound and begin to heal you. And not only that, but as you are healed, you can be a part of the process of healing other people. Isaiah 1, at the very beginning of this book, he says, why should you be beaten anymore? Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured. That's our thinking. Your whole heart is afflicted. That's our emotions. But Isaiah doesn't leave us in our pain. In fact, it is God's will that your woundedness be healed. It is God who measures out the length of the bandage. How much do you need? How much do you need? How much oil do you need? How do you want me to move in your life? So, so good. We're in verse seven, I wanna jump 
just a little bit into verse 10. God is giving us a second if. The first one was in the last verse, if you remove the yoke from your midst, verse 9, this if is much more personal and honestly one I need to, more time to apply to my life. God says, if you give to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday. Are you, are you following the process of restoration in that? The Hebrew here for give, it means, it means the throat, the neck. It is, it is breathing, it is your living soul, it is your life. It is, it is God saying you need to stretch yourself out to help other people in such a way that you are giving all that you are. God is pressing us to give our heart, our very breath to those who are in need to stick our neck out and it feels deeply powerful and deeply challenging and, and if I'm honest, I don't know if I'm there yet, right? But, but that's what God is asking us, to satisfy the desire of the afflicted the bowed down, the hunched down, and to follow through and risk. The desire of the afflicted is a word that means nearly the same thing as soul. It's as if God is saying the desire and satisfaction that the afflicted seek can be met through you. Church, there are so many people in our culture that are afflicted and broken and absolutely lost, and it is our call to stretch ourselves a little bit out of our comfort and reach out and love people. And in the process, God's blessing is gonna be released in your life. And it's not, and we do these things, you know, it's not just a turkey drive. It's not a Christmas meal. Those are wonderful, but it's gotta be more than that. It's gotta be showing up. It's gotta be saying, God, who in my life, who, my neighbor, somebody you know that you can reach out to and be a blessing to. Number one, break the yoke, break the power. Anything that's holding you back, Number two, help others. And number three, verse nine, cry out to God. I want you to notice the word will. If you're, if you're a note taker, underline the word will in this passage. Isaiah 58, nine, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from your midst, once again, break that stuff off, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, wickedness, the pointing, of, I thought you know, I could go off on the pointing of the finger for quite a while probably, but you, y'all know what, I don't even need to preach on that. We, we know we gotta be careful. You will cry and he what? He will hear, he will answer, he will say hey, here I am. It's a guarantee that you're gonna cry out to God, but it's also a guarantee that God will say here I am. Maybe you need to cry out to God. I think a lot of times in, in, in my thinking, I'm like, you know, we need to do less talking and more listening to God. And that's probably true, right? But there are times in our life where we need to get on our knees and we need to cry out to God and say, God, it's not working. God, I am broken. God, I'm tired of this. God, nothing is changing. And God says, you will cry out. And guess what? I will hear your heart. God hears your cries. God hears everything that you cry out to him with. It's funny, I, I, can, I can think of times like, you know, I've got kids and there are times in, in our relationship where they'll come up and they'll tell me something happened and I'm like, honey, why didn't you tell me? Like, why didn't you tell me this happened? Like, what's going on? I'm like your daddy, I wanna know. I wanna know what you're going through, huh? You know, and I wanna heal you and I wanna love you and I wanna embrace you. And it, 
Father was just saying to my heart, that's, that's who he is. He wants to hear your cries and your prayers. Well, if restoration and the idea of returning are kind of one and the same, notice what God is saying. Set securely in the mind of God is his desire to say, here I am. In the pain welling up behind your cry, God says, here I am. In the midst of fear, God says, here I am. When you worry, God says, here I am. In the days of depression, God says, here I am. When terrible news stops you in your tracks, God says, here I am. When you feel rejected, God says, here I am. When you have done everything and nothing seems to change, God says, here I am. When you want to hide and run from God, God says, here I am. When what you thought was gonna be the best turned into the worst, God says, here I am. Here I am equals peace. Here I am equals restoration. Here I am equals an embrace. Here I am says you're not alone. Here I am says I'm a God that wants to transcend heaven and invade your life and embrace you and give you hope. You don't have to walk alone. God says here I am. Here I am. God is such a good God and God is not a distant God. God is not a God of just religion. God is a God of relationship. He sent his only son to walk the dust of this earth and to identify with your pain and your hurt. He was rejected, right? People walked away from him. He put himself upon a cross so that we could be restored and have relationship. So what does restoration look like? The dawn of light, Guidance for living, satisfaction, strength, rebuilding. So we come to a portion of our passage that becomes incredibly personal. Church, this is about you. It's about you. This is about now. It's about this morning, what God wants to do. This is about restoration. And I'm gonna read this. If you wanna just close your eyes, I'm gonna read this verse, and I just want you to listen carefully. I'm gonna read it slowly. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your desire in scorched places. Look up here again. God wants to guide you. And did you catch this? If you, if you go through my class, it's like God Im- impacted my heart so much with this next phrase. It is, and he will satisfy your desire where? In scorched places. Do you know what that looks like? So there's a military term called scorched earth policy where for thousands of years, militaries would come into a region and in order to to completely sack that region and take over, they would burn all the fields, they would poison the water, they would kill the livestock till literally there was nothing left of life. It's empty. Like who would ever live there? Who would ever go there? And it's a reflection of those times in our life when it feels like everything has been stripped away from me, everything has been burned, there is no hope, there is no life, what in the world is going on? And God says through Isaiah, I will satisfy you in scorched places. Wow. Church, are you hearing the heart of God? It's like there's no way, God. Life can never come from this devastation. Life can never come from the fire that tore through my heart. Well, I'm here to tell you God's big enough and God loves you enough and God wants you restored, amen. Wow, you can desire 
in those moments and God will satisfy. A bomb was dropped, a sickening truth revealed, a lie told, a deception perpetrated, a betrayal that devastated that, that event in your life that made you feel empty and barren. Where is that place this morning that you need restoration? Where is that place? Well, Isaiah isn't done. There's more to God's message. In verse 11, he says, he wants to give strength to your bones. He wants to give strength to your bones. It's interesting. You know where blood is developed? It's in your bones. It's in the marrow of your bones. Could it be that God is saying in the, the very marrow, the very heart of who you are, well, I want to strengthen. I want to strengthen your identity. He says, I will give strength to your bones. Your bones also are the place where immunities are built. God wants to give you strength and give you immunity to the things of life while he walks with you. He wants to restore you. He will strengthen the deep places within you where life is produced and where immunity against the ills of life is created. The imagery in Israelite would have instantly thought of when, when, the, when the prophet says he will strengthen is a military term. It's, it's, it's God will give you a capacity and he will arm you and he will put a sword in your hand and he will straighten you up and he said not only am I going to heal you not only going to restore you and I'm going to give life to your bones I'm going to give you the power I'm going to empower you to fight the wars and the battles that are ahead of you man it's like God I, I need strengthening because I don't, I don't know how to get from here to there God I need your hope I need your encouragement that's how we overcome Maybe you're in a good place this morning. You're like, you know what, Pastor, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Life's, life's all right. Maybe you're not the one who needs restoration. Maybe you are, but maybe you know somebody who does. And you get to be that food and life that you get to give to them. It's interesting, this passage goes on to talk about standing in the breach or standing in the gap. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're that person. Webster's defines breach as a gap in the wall made by battering. Pretty appropriate. It's the place where the enemy has broken through the city wall and entered in to wreak havoc. Remember early on when the Israelites left Egypt, they found themselves rebelling against God's plan for their life, and Moses steps in. What had crumbled was Israel's trust. They literally despised the land ahead of them. They began to grumble and complain, and it became a challenging time for their life and Moses stepped in said hold on God you love these people I love these people see rebellion had broken relationship hopelessness had more power than promise somehow bondage was more comfortable than belief Moses stepped in maybe you're somebody who can step into somebody's life stand in the breach Maybe today's action is found in the last part of this verse to be a restorer of the paths to dwell in. It's a beautiful picture. A restorer of the paths. It wasn't, it wasn't where their house lived, but it was the paths on which they walked to get to their home, to get to a place of security. And as I was praying last night and, and, and thinking about this message, God said, you know what? A lot of times in our lives, there is rubble that needs to be cleared away so there can be a rebuilding, right? Uh, so that the, the breach can be restored. And But God was saying, you know what? Sometimes... 
we allow some rubble to hang on and in the midst of the rubble is access that the enemy has to hold against us. And this morning it's God was saying, listen, you need to clear out all the rubble. Don't give the enemy an opportunity to go, oh yeah, well look what happened there and look what you did. And you know, he gets the big magnifying glass out and he goes, wow, look at the problem. Look what you did, right? And it's the rubble, it's the stuff. And, and it was like, God's like, listen, no, no, no. Let, let me help wash that away and get rid of, release anything that's holding you still in bondage. It's still part of the rubble. Find security in me. Would you close your eyes for a moment? If you've lost you, God wants to restore you. He wants to begin today. God's desire, he wants to guide you. He wants to have relationship with you. In fact, maybe you're here this morning, you'd say, you know what, I've gone to church, I've sort of checked the boxes, my parents were Christians, and, and, and you'd call yourself a Christian, but you're in a place where you're like, I, I can't do this anymore on my own, and you've never invited Jesus to be Lord and Master of your life, that this morning would be a morning you would say, you know what, I need Jesus. I need, I need a heavenly invasion. I, I need Jesus to come in and begin to transform me and to begin to bring hope into my life. And, and I need to surrender everything to him. And that's you. I'm gonna invite you in just a, a little bit to come forward. Maybe you're here and there's some yokes, there's some stuff that's been bound to you, maybe some lies, some things that you've believed and you've even allowed to control yourself you've allowed to control your emotions you've held on to the injustice because it makes you feel like you have power but instead it's it's held you back and this morning you want to come down and just say you know what I I need to let go I need to unwrap I need to unbuckle the lies that have been closed around my mind Maybe you're here and you, you're just like, I just need to cry out to God. I've been so quiet and God knows my plea, but, but you'd wanna come down and you'd wanna maybe even stand in worship and just begin to tell God your story and, and your weariness and give him control. Holy Spirit, would you do a work beyond the words that I've said? Would you begin to knock on doors? Would you begin to unroll that that wrap and, and pour your oil upon it, oh God. The great physician, would you begin to heal wounds and bind those wounds up and, and bring healing, God, for those that are distant from you, Lord, that today would be a day to return. For those that would say, you know what, I, I know there's a lot of scorched earth in my life, and my past, and I've never dared to even have a desire and a hope that there would be healing. Today is a day for you to come down and say, by faith, I surrender the scorched place and my desire is refreshment, is to live a life where there is a lush garden once again and God would say that's the kind of God that I am and I'm gonna do that for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. We are Crosspoint Church and we are in Tyler, Texas. We'd love for you to find out more about who we are and uh, we put that in the show notes. Have an amazing day.